Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we talk about women artists. And this week, we're talking about Sleater Kenny. It's Caleb Rumson speaking. I'm here with Jared. It's Tyler. That one's a bit difficult, wasn't it? Yeah, it doesn't. That, that one doesn't have the same kind of intro sound no. that I'm looking for. But thanks a lot, guys, for that. They should have planned that Gals. better. Gals, gals, you might have noticed that uh, old Daxy boy is feeling a little ill, and he will not be here on this episode. So we shall proceed without him. We shall survive through our final week. Of Women's Month, and how do we feel about listening to Slater Kenny? I did not enjoy it very much, honestly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I did like. Uh, I like the last two albums that we listened to. The final, the final two that are the most recent after their breakup slash hiatus. Really, I did surprisingly. I and would not, I, I would not have seen you being a fan of the Center Won't Hold, and I enjoyed. One beat that that album was all right. That's too. a very good one. One beat's pretty good, actually. Yeah. So. Well, they're all very good, but that's a good one. That is my opinion, Tyler. You chose. It's my choice. You chose this week. Yep. Do you feel good about this choice? Yep. I figured you would. Tell us about your feelings. I love Slater Kenny. They're very good. I really like Slater Kenny a lot. I was introduced to Slater Kenny. Man, I'd, I'm not. I couldn't tell you exactly when. Must have been 2014-ish or so, actually. Really? So I haven't been listening to them the whole time. But I really, really like Slater Kinney. And it that's part of the era of indie, you know, mid, mid-90s stuff that's kind of like an underground indie scene, if you will, mm-hmm. that I always really like. That's part of the, it's you know, they initiated, they started in the golden era. Yeah. With bands I like, Super Chunk, what have you. Right. So I really like Slater Kinney. I like the sound. There's no bass, there which is, is no interesting, bass. but they do tune their guitars down. Down to D. Yep, D flat. So tune them on down. Sometimes I'm I'm wondering, and I didn't check. I actually looked up Carrie's equipment because at this moment, November, late November 2019, mm-hmm. I have been buying new pedals for my guitar and trying to say what effects do I want to try to get the sound that I want. So I've been looking at gear lists for various musicians and artists whose sound I like sure. to try to see what they're running with. So I looked at hers, and she has... Carrie uh, Brownstein. Carrie Brownstein. The, uh, one of the founding members of this act. Yep, Carrie Brownstein. And I, I did not look at Corinne Tucker's, but I did look at Carrie's. And she does have... Well, did, she, she's more of the, the lead guitarist the lead. anyways. And, and more of a lead singer as well. That's incorrect. Tucker no, is the lead Corinne singer. was the lead singer. Yeah, Tucker is the lead singer and uh, rhythm guitarist. Yeah. So everything that you... Tucker been... is? Yeah. Now, so Carrie yeah, yeah, yeah. began singing more later. Yes. No, no, that's what I meant. Sorry. But she, but the, the lead Tucker singer Tucker is was... the main singer. Yes. That's yes. what I meant to and, say. And yes. Brownstein is the main, main guitarist. guitarist. Yes. Yes. So, and and I... then, of course, to round it out, you have Weiss. Right. Jana Weiss yep. on drums for... Up the until just recently, up until this group. year, yes, and so. vocals as well, correct? She did uh, do some vocals yes. and harmonica. Yeah, Ooh, I saw harmonica, and yeah. I was like, I don't remember hearing any harmonica on their albums, but oh, it's maybe. in there. 
Is it? Oh, it's on the woods. Is all over. Well, okay. We oh, can that get, would make sense. We can get to a portion of it where you can hear it, and it's annoying. <laughs> and not, it's not the harmonica is not annoying. The song is questionable in terms of. Well, whatever. We talk about this a little. I bit. think I know what song you're talking about. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs, but it's really difficult to listen to on that album. Sure. So, but anyway, uh, I like I said, I looked at her equipment and I saw a couple of things that could potentially be used to take the tone down. Mm-hmm. To like replicate bass, a wah pedal can do that if you open it all the way up, so it pitches down. So they've got a couple ways that they kind of fill that space without a bass, but it's really interesting, and it allows for lots of fun guitar work because the rhythm, the rhythm guitar, Corinne's rhythm guitar is really fun in mm-hmm. Slater Kenny. It's not just you know standard chord progressions. No. There's a lot more to it. And it's a lot of fun, and Janet's just a great drummer too. So she is a really good drummer. Yeah, she is. Is she? She is a very big driving force for the band in a way that you would not have expected a drummer to be. Yes. Usually the drummer is not so. It's not so pronounced how good of a drummer someone is in a band, especially a punk band. Really, mm-hmm. punk is not necessarily known for having really solid drummers, but she she has a lot of moments that I can think of that really stood out to me as just good drum moments. Yep. She's really good. She's really, they're all three of them are really good musicians who, uh, it turns out I listened to, for instance, an interview this week that just came out this week that Janet Weiss did, uh, where she talked a little bit about leaving and a couple of different things. Sure. And she was saying that Carrie and Corinne kind of have like a telepathic thing going on yeah. where they just, they understand each other in that way. And then she comes in and d- does her thing. So everyone can be heard. The entire group can be heard doing their thing, contributing their part, and it stands out. So I've, I really love Slater Kenny. I really enjoyed listening to Slater Kenny, and it's just a lot of fun. That makes sense. That makes sense. I personally, I think that I enjoyed the majority of what I listened to, but I never found something that really blew me away. So I really, like, I think that they're an incredibly consistent act. I think that everything that I listened to, there really wasn't, aside from personally not a fan of their newest album, we will get to that, but we will talk, we will talk about The Center Won't Hold, but throughout their more punk-based music, their indie rock punk-based music, I think everything kind of went well. I didn't particularly love their debut, the self-titled, okay. which w- is just messy and raw and well, the usual kind story of- on that one. Yeah. Uh, Carrie and Corinne dated right. in college, and that was recorded on the last day of a vacation they took to Australia in Australia. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. They recorded, they stay up all night and recorded that entire debut. Oh, yeah. They didn't like, what, 30 minutes or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's relatively yeah, short. Like, I mean, it's re- only like a half hour to, album. Oh, no. The album is like 22 40, minutes. Yeah, it's yeah, there you go. Twenty two is a really short album. It's a very short album. Um, and then yeah. before then, Weiss had not been a part of. No, she that. she was not a part until Dig Me Out. Correct. And she was in every album from Dig Me Out up into the current release. Did yeah. you read about the uh, her being outed? I did. Go ahead. Did you read about this? Which one? Brownstein. Carrie, go for it. Well, you, Caleb, you can. I, I don't have everything memorized. I'm familiar. So. I'm familiar with it. It was in. A, was it Blender Magazine? Yes. Okay. Blender Magazine did an article with them, and in that article, they kind of threw out nonchalantly that during the time of them, blah blah blah, whatever, that they dated. Right. And they put that in the article, not knowing they were going to put it, and didn't even tell them, "Hey, we're going to put this in the article." And so. Her dad called her, Carrie Brownstein, and said, uh, hey, you want to talk about this? You want to talk about this? And so she had to basically explain to her parents that she, you know, dated girls. And that was not what she intended. You know, I mean, obviously, she probably should have told them prior. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But 
she didn't mean for them to learn that in a magazine article about the band, right? right. You know? right. So, but she's, I believe, I mean, she's bisexual. I, but, yeah, I think they both are, right? I believe so. Yes. And, yeah, Tucker, anyway. I'm not sure, but I they both. I mean, they dated and have been in the band, you know, together for the you know entirety of it. So it, right, they haven't been together the entire time. So no, not not even a no. They weren't a microcosm they actually, of the right. Band they were by the together. time. Dig me out, and I think even by the time Call the Doctor was released, yeah, they were no longer together. Right. I think there, there's a song that was written about their breakup, but I don't know it's what. It's my favorite song. Oh, is what that a segue? A oh my segue. god, segue! It's off. Dig what me out. What did I do? It's off. Dig me out. One more hour. Hard to pick a favorite for me, honestly. I wondered. I wondered for that's, sure. That's been a favorite of mine for a long time. So I had a feeling it'd be off Dig Me Out. And playing that song has brought many questions that I'm prepared to ask you. All right. First of all, let's just go ahead and dig into Dig Me Out. Ooh. An indie classic yes. in many people's minds. Absolutely. Do you think that it's their best album? Favorite um, songs off of it? I know you're... Probably. You think so? Probably. I don't... I, I'm And I... I don't want to say I think it's their best album in a terms of none of the rest of their albums can stand up to it, because that's not true at all. I think all of the rest of their albums are just about equally as good as that. Sure. To be honest with you, The Woods, really, really close for me. I really like The Woods as well, but I have a, an issue with the production on The Woods. Too Too produced? It's too compressed, and a lot of people have noticed that, especially in Modern Girl. Mm-hmm. which is where the harmonica I spoke of earlier is I in. I thought it was Modern Girl, yeah. When the harmonica and the drums kick in after the second verse in in uh, Modern Girl, it's just so overly compressed, and it's it's pushing the boundaries, the very boundaries of the upper portion of, of where the compression lives. It's mm-hmm. it's clipping. It's just like too much. It's far too much. You which want to play the clip? Yeah, we can play it if you want. That sounds terrible. It sounds yeah, bad. That, wow. That sounds horrible. bad. That that's really weird. Yep. That's a I it, didn't even really notice that until just now. Maybe I didn't have the volume up at a high enough volume yeah, to notice. It's it's rough. I own this on vinyl. Yeah. And I thought I you know, I'd listened to that song in many forms. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, maybe on vinyl, you know, because it's just like if that's part of the pressing, I just feel like the needle is like bl- about to blow up. Right. You know, I feel like the whole, the arms is going to pop right out of the groove with all of that. Uh, and it is, it's on there too. Part of it is the guy who produced this album. That's kind of what he's known for. And I'm, I'm unhappy with myself at the moment because I gave myself a note to, Hey, don't forget to look up who it was. Mm-hmm. Cause I had just recently thought about it 
once again and done more research into it and been like, does anyone else really notice how just horrible this this is? It's over compressed and it's just like up there pushing the tops. I'm like, oh yeah, this guy, that's like what he's known for. Hmm. People go to to get his albums because of the way he he makes them sound. He's he's really known to push it like this and huh. trying to and get this weird overly distorted sound that is all encompassing in a track. Was the Woods the first album they had on Sub Pop? Is that correct, or was uh, One Beat also on Sub Pop? I, I think One Beat was on there as well. Let me look up real quickly. You got it. Beep 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 beep. Nope, that was on Kill Rock Stars. There you go. So first album, The Woods was the first album on Sub Pop. Now, Kill Rock Stars being the that was the day the the label the larger ish label that they were on from Dig Me Out up until The Woods. Sub Pop now has all of, they have done all of it now. Sub Pop all owns of all of them. Yeah, they own all. Sub Pop owns all of their music. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the rights to produce it, right? At least. And now any reissues are going to come from Sub Pop. Okay. For that the most sense. part. That makes so, sense. So the producer was David Fridman. Oh, I, I remember seeing that name. He's worked with Flaming Lips and Weezer and, let's see, Mogwai. Uh, let's see if I can find out. He's done some MGMT work. Okay, Go, The Cribs, Baroness, Interpool, Spoon. So he, I got to see what he produced, though, because there was one where I was like, oh, clearly. He did In a Priest-Driven Ambulance, for example. Let's get that out there real quick. Might okay. as well. Okay. So, But there's another album that people were really not happy with that he did that he, where he starts to say, I'm going to do this and, this, and people come to him for this kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Cloud's Taste Metallic were also, is also one of his. Okay. And I've got to figure out what it was really quickly because so that when I said Baroness, I should have just already known. He did do Golden I was Grey. wondering if it was the yeah. Baroness album. He did he do Golden Grey, where people were saying... What a disappointing album that he, But was, he also did... the sound did of it, you, really. But he also did Purple. Did you listen to Purple, by chance? I've listened album, to Purple 2015, before. yeah. which doesn't have that in it. There's some, there are a couple songs where it builds to that point a little bit, but... I don't hate the Baroness album as much as other people do. I don't either. I, I think it's pretty good. I don't hate it, but I do hear the issues with the sound that people talk about. Well, sure. that's the same issues that can be heard like we did just... You know, he's known... That's why people go to him. They want people to be confused by the sound of the music. They want to say something with the sound. I don't. They may not... I mean... The, it's not the full album, by no, any means. It's Because I will say, one of my favorite songs... Off of the woods, probably my favorite song by them is the the track before that, which sounds wonderful. Is Jumpers very good? Love that song. Great song. Love that song a lot. It's right when the drum kicks in that just everything just sounds perfect. But that's just like clean as a whistle. Yep. Well, the no f- issues on that production. Nothing at all. there. The fox has a little bit of that sound. Yeah. It gets pushy. Yeah. It does. Which is a fun. I really thought that was a great opener. It's a lot of fun. Fox it's is pretty good. Much more punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very I have, heavily distorted. Yeah, it is. It's very heavy. I like it though. But it sounds like fuzz bass. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. So right. that's where they've. I don't know if Corinne has a wah that she's opening up. I don't know what she's doing. But they open up and, and get the tone down on it and stick some fuzz on it and just. Lay it all out. Yeah. And it's just a lot of fun. This album is, I think this, the wood, so I think 
Dig Me Out is probably their best album, but mm-hmm. I think The Woods is a is, close second. Yeah, a close second. This is an album that a lot of, you know, most people who don't know Slater Kinney historically mm-hmm. know this album more, probably. I agree. And they especially know Modern Girl because it's been all over the place mm-hmm. by comparison to their other albums, other songs. But this is a great album for showing but like the the fun things that they do and dig me out the same way. Yeah. Back and forth between guitar players. Right. You know, I have another song on here that I think is just where the drums basically that I I couldn't pull one piece of it and have it still be a semblance even of what it is. Right. Every little piece makes the feel of the song and it has a really interesting feel to it. What? What it is. All right. <laughs> of course. And um but I don't know if you want to play it. I can I can call it my second favorite. I can just get my two out here if you want. Sure. Because it's pretty good. For Women's Month, we're doing two favorite songs on this episode. It's. I'll say first off that I really like Steep Air first before we get into it. Sure. But give that one a listen, listeners, and see what you think. The little That little riff, the really slow riff, gets stuck in my head all the time. Uh-huh. And I can never remember what it is. For some reason, I should know what it is. But Roller Coaster roller coaster it is Yeah, you can tell that there's very two very distinct guitar bits yeah. layered on top of each other. Yeah. Starts off with the one, leads into the other. Mm-hmm. Two very, very different sounds happening at the same time. And that weird that little chord progression's got that little slide. I don't know what the feel I get from this song is. I've been trying to place it. Yeah, I don't know. I can't I, something wants me to say it's like Southwest, but that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But there's some feel I get on it. And I just thought, you know. If I took away that little chord progression in the second guitar, there's no way it would feel like that. Mm. And if I took away that, the little fun little drums that she's doing with the cowbell in there as well. Yeah, I remember the cowbell totally, bit. It would totally ruin the feeling of the whole thing. Right. So it's that's what's kind of fun. I've always found it really, really interesting to see a three-piece band that can fill out so much space. I was thinking that especially on, I would say one beat, and then the woods was when their their sound really started to flesh out in terms of them having a, a really full sound, even with just the three of them and no bass, which mm-hmm. is still very surprising that without the bass you can have such a full sound to your your band. Another uh, three piece Seattle band that you know maybe had some influence would be Nirvana. Oh man, uh, another record roundtable band that we talked about. But I mean, they're both from Oregon. The- no, they're from Washington. They're from uh, Olympia, they're, Washington. Yeah. They're not from Portlandia? No, they're no. not, actually. Oh. Slater Kenny is actually the name of a road that comes off of the interstate. Oh. Yeah. And they of, have, of where? Of, of In Olympia. In Olympia. Olympia. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Exit 5 or Exit 8, something of that nature. I think it's oh. 8, but I it's could one be. Of those well, still, they're both three-piece bands. So they I'm, are. I'm not yeah. wrong. No, you're not. They and are. They're, and they're in the same general timeline as well, so it, it makes sense. That is... Where is it? I know I saw it somewhere. Oh, what are you talking about? 
Interstate 5, exit 108. There you go. Yeah. There it so is. that's why you said five Both or eight. Both of them. Because really, you were kind of right on yeah, the fence. I had looked at that tidbit before. I just thought it was fun. But yeah, it's um, they are from Washington. But they fit in, so they fit into all of that. Everything was coming out of there, right? Well, that was something. The Pacific that, Northwest was like. What was worth talking about is actually, which I, I'm, I'm assuming, Jared, you did a little bit of research on this, but I know Tyler will be able to speak to it, is the whole Riot Girl. Yeah, I, I did a little bit. Not a whole lot. I, it's okay. interesting. It's. I don't know. I, I I don't know if I enjoy that sound as much by them. Okay. I like other groups with that. I like more punk than what like they're. Well, they're not a Riot Girl band. Yeah. No, they're they just, just they have two members of Riot Girl bands as the founders. Okay. Right. Right. And so. they have elements of the Riot Girl sound. Yeah, they of do. Of course, they. I mean, the the political messages of their music is across basically all of their albums. They're constantly talking about feminist, like feminist movement information, a lot of details about the experience of being a woman, which is, was, is a great example of an an act that is worth talking about in a women's month because it is such an integral part of their music is them talking about their experience being women. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really even hear that. that like I read I that about that. Yeah. I was going to like, I read that they were left leaning feminist band. Yeah. But I really didn't hear that in like the lyrics that much at all. It didn't, it wasn't super pronounced. To you. No, which is fine. Like I'm fine with that. Yeah. If yeah. they, that it wasn't that much of a, it wasn't on the nose. If it, yeah, I mean, I guess if, that it wasn't that much of a um, like focal point that I was like, oh man, I really, f-, you know, like mm-hmm. that. I don't know. It's yeah, I don't have much. I don't, I don't, I don't have a, a point really. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, well, I, the, I don't. The, the delivery can make it difficult to make out some of the lyrics. Yeah, which I think. Well, the which they, is another thing I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah right she but, she called it. Um, let's see if I can find what I read here. Her voice is uh, love them or hate them vocals. Right. Yeah. She yeah. Called them. yeah she I did. was going to ask you guys, what do you think about Tucker's vocals? Oh, I like it. I figured you would. Jared, did you like Tucker's vocals? No, I. No, not really. No, I okay. kind of what I. I don't want to. I, I don't want to shit on it. But no, go ahead. I just didn't find the like. I didn't find the lyrics that interesting. I didn't find the vocals that sh- she's not that great of a vocalist. So like, it's hard for me to like connect mm-hmm. with what I was listening to. If I don't care about either of the two things, you know well, what I mean? Well, yeah. I think that her vocals are something she's actually kind of putting on mm-hmm. to a certain degree. She is a good vocalist, and when she needs to be a good vocalist, like on songs that really like, and that's probably why the, I like the, the later two albums is that it was more pop oriented, I sure. suppose, and indie rock than it is what like No Cities to Love is definitely more indie rock than punk, I mean, and I yeah, enjoy I, their, if, that. Center Won't Hold is if, obviously if wanna, more pop. Well. Well, that album was produced by St. Vincent. I was, yes, and I know. And we don't have to get into it yet. We will. Because I'm not quite ready, I don't think. Sure. But yeah. when we get there, I have some things about it to yes. talk about with that. But I, I but. prefer, like, of of listening to that kind of style, I would rather listen to The Runaways or Joan Jett or The, di- nah. or, or the Distillers nah. of female punk stuff. That's not, yeah, you're looking, I think what you're doing is you're you're attempting to categorize them and then compare them to people that are not. Joan Jett is not in the same genre at all. It's just another female artist, right? You're you're more looking for something like X-ray specs, yes, or uh, no, or I like can or more you modern for or more. Specs. 
Well, that, that's closer to what this is. Which is a more, I mean, they were influenced by X-ray specs, right. and then they influenced another act, like a more modern act, like Screaming Females, oh, yeah, which has good. a right. very similar yes. sound. They're pretty good. They are good. And in fact, Slater, when you look at, the interesting thing about Slater, can you compare it to Riot Girl, which Riot Girl is kind of coming out of of the the hardcore punk scene right is that Slater Kinney's sound is a little bit more hearkening towards post punk yeah it really is yes, yes than it is 80s hardcore punk right it's just harder than I, a lot I of did hear a lot of I heard screaming females listening to it and I knew Absolutely. that they influenced screaming females right for you sure. know like for uh, sure me knowing screaming females we saw them uh, a few uh, months back yep Tyler and I very good. And yeah, it was it was good. I never really listened to that much, but she is very interesting and the, especially her vocal delivery and like just her stage presence and stuff. But that's neither here nor there. I, I don't May I play a Screaming Female song if you, just so we can get an idea of what Screaming Females just so like if you're a Slater Kenny fan yeah. and you've somehow never listened to Screaming yeah. Females, holy crap, you're about to find I, a I find her to. the way that she delivers uh like just her facial stuff is kind of like Alabama Shakes if you watch that SNL uh mm-hmm. performance just like not caring what you look like when you well, yeah. do, like I that's good. I I like that, you know. Yeah. So this is becoming a meme. Yes, this is Glass House by Screaming Females. Obviously, very similar in terms of many things. And I know that so like Dax is not here, but I talked to Dax a little bit about it, and he was like, "I'd rather listen to Screaming Females than Slater Candy." That's quite but unfortunate. It's like, you know, it, it, it's the same. It's two sides of the same coin. Uh, well, kind of. At. I mean, the the difference is that this is this is, Screaming Females is clearly a band of today because what we know about indie today is that the base has become something that's relied upon in a different way. Sure. It's not just part of rhythm, keeping a rhythm any, anymore in the same way. Mm-hmm. It holds up a lot more. That song was a great example of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And there's a, the guitar has a different, t- a little bit slightly different tone to it, a little more shrill. It's used in a, in a more forceful way here than in a, a lyrical, rhythmic type of way, more melodic in, in Slater Kenny. Yeah. Because they're at odds. It's almost like a battle of guitars in a lot of their songs. Sure. So. They very much have their own place, but it's totally easy to make a connection here, yeah. regardless, you yeah. know. And one thing that I learned that you can learn from her or learn from, from Corinne when it comes to, I mean, you know, whether what makes a person a good singer. There's, you know, for me, it's like, first off, you are a good singer if you sound good, right? We can say that. There's the, sure. there's the side of you're a good singer because you sound good because you can hit notes and you have a good range. Right. Another thing is you're a good singer because maybe you're not a good singer in what pe- most people would say, but you know how to use your voice to do a certain thing. Sure. You know, and Bonnie Prince Billy, I've listened to and thought about that because he's got kind of a weird voice. I know I've been bringing it up a lot recently, yeah, but he right. does. He's got a weird voice. And recently I've just been thinking of like, well, you know, really what you should, what is most interesting is someone just using their voice and determining how to make it sound like something that's decent, you know, or right. whatever. So, 
And that's kind of how she does a little bit. I mean, if you take uh, another perfect example is like Tom Waits, where like yeah. his voice is very strange, but the way he uses his voice is a powerful machine. Right. But yeah, I agree. the The thing that's worth noting about Tucker's voice is the fact that she and she said it is that her vocal range is born out of the the Riot Girl sound. Right. She's using it because she's it's this form of saying. My voice needs to sound this, you know, energetic and lively, well, yeah. and, and that's and what it's wild all about. Because I'm delivering this message, and right. this this lands with the message that I'm yes, trying it, yeah. to, she to d- send. Yeah. Yes, she does talk about that. Yeah, so. she, and that's true. And it's like, you know, in this interview I listened to with Janet, she talked about how, like, when she first joined, seeing those two is just like an explosive thing that's just happening, like constant explosions. Yeah, and her sitting back there is like helping to fuel it you know and that's how it sounds that's how their sound is it's very fast moving it it's coming at you and you can feel it you can feel its presence mm-hmm. and her voice does the same thing and riot girl the riot girl movement was you know in that vein in that vein women women are important and can do things and yeah. of course you know someone who is influential in riot girl my own man ian mckay oh, really heck of a guy he produced bikini kills first album oh because he was a proponent of the Riot Girl thing. And yeah. he got, actually took a bunch of crap because people were saying he had alternative motives for being involved in it. Oh, of course. And he's just like, I've always pointed out how weird it is that there's not no girls in bands. And now there are girls in bands. Hmm, interesting right. that this is just a thing. Like, this is just what I, this is just how it is. And punk is such, but, it's, it's interesting because punk is such a perfect genre for women. But I've been thinking about this a lot. And it, it, I mean, it, it kind of stands out from just the artists that we picked is that in a lot of ways, female artists are kind of typecasted into these genres in a way that they aren't allowed to fit in other genres. Similar how like African-Americans are like slated into hip hop and they can't be, you can't have a little Nas X who makes a country song. That doesn't make sense. He's black. Like women are not necessarily seen as punk artists in a lot of ways. You see them in pop, you see them in folk, you see them in singer songwriter, like that kind of realms. And you don't necessarily see them in punk, but punk is so perfect for the women's movement in the right that punk is by nature about the message. And you're able to actually voice your experience and talk about your life through your punk music. And you're able to say something important. And of course, why, why would women in the feminist movement not want to use punk music as an outlet for that? Exactly. Yeah. Punk is DIY. Punk is progressive punk is abrasive right and those are all things that you know for anyone interested in social change it's it's the perfect thing for it right you know so, you can you can just do it so it's it's just cool that like because i think that slater king is i mean they're on the they were on the ground floor of punk moving in that direction not to say they were the first but t- t- the two main members of the group yeah were on the ground floor right. in other and Jan- acts i mean janet's performed in other acts before she joined as well not in riot right. girl but you know right so she was still doing her thing as in a, in a musical group so they've all been in there you know saying that there are there is a place for women here right and, and pushing it, forward with that message. Without them becoming the the indie darlings that they were, you know, there might not have been other acts like Screaming Females who would have been able to push their sound forward sure. to to sound like a Slater Kenny. But yeah. Definitely. It's Slater Kenny is just probably one of my favorite bands, honestly. 
Yeah. And it's and because part of it is when I think about Slater Kenny, I think about all the things that I want to be as a as a musician, which I'm not a particularly good musician, but if I want to write right. music, I would be like these are all the things I want. Yeah. I want to have a message, I want to have interesting things. I don't want I don't want anything plain in there that doesn't align with what I am. And I want to have an experience if I'm in a band, for instance, where everyone has a part that they play. Right. And it's different every song. And everyone and that's how they wrote a lot of this stuff. And that's how a lot of these things came about. It's really weird because you don't always see a band. A lot of times, sometimes you'll see a guitarist come in and want you to play a specific beat that they have in their head. When I listened to this interview with, with Janet, she talked about that process, how she was always a creative equal to the other two. Yeah. And everything was it was, everything was really a, an amalgamation. All of them coming together to do something every single time they wrote a song and every time they created an album. So it like that's a good testament to to the message as well. So I have a question. This is obviously for both members here. Hello. Uh, I feel like The Woods and Dig Me Out are particularly considered their standout albums to both critics and listeners in a lot of ways. Not to say that their other albums are not pretty well received, but are nowhere near in the in the same right as their two major releases. What do you think is the album that stood out to you the most? Jared, it sounds like I know yours, but you can kind of talk to one or the other. What of their albums do you think stood out as maybe the album that people who might be a fan of this band are only really listening to Dig Me Out in the Woods? What would you where would you push them into the direction of? What would you be like, this is the other album that you really need to check out as like the number three? I I I think see, I don't know. I enjoyed One Beat, which came out in 2002, mm -hmm. and I also liked uh, No Cities to Love and Center Won't Hold. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I guess I'll say One Beat. Uh, the rest of the stuff from the first one, two, three, four, five albums, they were very, I listened to them all in a row, and I felt like they were all very similar. Um, and I don't, maybe that's just me listening. Sure, you know, but I, they just kind of, they just went together, I suppose. But I felt like one beat with like the beginning of one beat, with the song one beat, and mm -hmm. then like from there on on that record, I thought that it was like different. You know, yeah. it sounded different. Uh, I will say that one of my favorite songs from that album is uh, "Step Aside." That is my second favorite song oh as well. "Step Aside," and I know exactly where you want to play too. Oh boy, I knew you knew. When, the, when those horns came oh in, I went no I know. I was like, oh, well, this is way different than what I've been hearing. It felt to me almost like a clash, like callback. They have a, a song on that record called Combat Rock. It's the next song, in fact. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, it's like... The, and it's not, I a, think it's that, not a cover. I looked, and it said all songs no, written by Slater Kenny. No, it's not. Of course, if I, you I'm listen just, to it, you know. I know, I'm just... Well, but if you look at it, yeah, look, yeah, when you're looking not, at right, an right. album, and you're like, oh, Combat Rock, I bet they covered it. No, no, but yeah. it. I mean, but one beat just has a clash sound to it because yeah. they're using horns, they're yeah. using like different cool elements well, to did their you music, know? and like 
Clash is Janet Weiss's favorite band. Is it? Yeah. Well, that well, makes sense. So. You know, she played with uh, Stephen Malkus of of Pavement. Steve Malkmus. No, sorry, you're right. Stephen Malkmus. Yeah, she's played with a lot of people, but she's been playing with various different artists for a tour or for a couple of different things. And it's been pretty interesting when I listen to it today to hear like, well, I didn't know you did some of these things, but mm-hmm. it's really pretty cool to answer your question. I would have to, I think I'd probably choose one beat as well. I would, I would choose as one the, beat as the yeah. album that they would go next. But if I had to say, if you want, if you want to listen, if you're going to dedicate yourself to listening to Slater Kenny, hello, we did that. And you're planning on listening to all of the albums. It'll take you about five and a half hours in total. And I'm not meaning just at one setting, but at some point over the course of a week, a month. Maybe a week, like we do. Right. That's fine. <laughs> I would then tell you to go not to One Beat, and I would tell you to go to Hot Rock. Oh, really? Did you like Hot Rock? Yeah, because it's... The weird thing about the, where they're coming from is their first one was really short, mm-hmm. and it was very... It was raw. It was kind of in your face. Called The Doctor... Very similar feel, a little more polished. They really hit their stride on Dig Me Out. Correct. And found out what this is going to be like. But when you move on from there, if you want to go back to the album view really quickly. Of course. The Hot Rock tames it down a lot. Does. It does indeed. It starts to remove a little bit of the abrasiveness, maintain the like dueling guitar effect. And the message as well. Yes. and But add a little bit of intricacies that I don't think we're in. Dig me out. Sure. Instead of energy, they've opened the sound up. Yeah. And they've put a little more in it. From that, that's the that's like them saying, "What else can we shove in here?" Sure. So they open up on they open up on that one. Then, as you go along to all hands on the bad one, they they are continuing to say, "What are we going to fill this space with now?" Yeah. And they fill their space that space with a couple of different things. Really interesting stuff going on in that album as well. Once you get to one beat, the next album after that, that's where they filled it with all sorts of different things right. that you haven't heard before. Right. That's why y'all like it so much because it's like, I don't know about this because they've opened the space up over the course of the last two albums, making changes, bringing in different sounds to introduce you to the idea that this is going to be okay. And right. then they just unload all of it right. on you in one beat. Yeah. So if I were to say, it's hey. a good summary, by the way. I, I want to listen, yeah, listen to one and more album. What should I choose? I would say one beat. But if you say, I want to listen to all of them. I've only listened to The Woods and Dig Me Out. What should I go to next? I'd be like, dude, just follow them in order. Yeah. You have to to understand what's happening. It, it is. It, you can very much see the pattern up to The Woods. And then I think things kind of fall off in terms of knowing where things are going. Because they go on hiatus. And we can go ahead. Since you've done your, your beautiful summary, yep. we can now move into... Uh, no cities to love, and oh, the center won't well, hold. The, I want to so say, I want to oh, say on the woods, right, really quick before we get please, there. Yes, the woods is a weird one because it, right. the jump from one beat to the woods is just odd. It is a little odd. It, and I was reading and hearing that that they were focusing more on on hard rock roots, clear classic rock sounds, yeah. which makes a lot of sense. But it's like they've gone back. You've mm-hmm. gone back, and they've just shoved it all in your face again on mm-hmm. a lot of it. So. Yeah. It's kind of a weird one, but it was a huge album, massive release that was really popular, and it's really weird to see an album that good and that big, and then you just don't, and you're done. Right. That's just it. It is. It is interesting that they would do that. So they then went on. So the Woods came out in 2005. They then went on hiatus, came back 2014, and then they released the album No Cities to Love in 2015. 
I liked No Cities of Love. It's pretty good. I didn't love it. It's not their best album by any means from my perspective, but I think that it has a lot of the same consistency. And again, just the fact that you have three members who have been doing music together for so long at this point in time, you're going to have some strong consistency and, you know, you're going to click well. They already had, as you've talked about, like this kind of connection between them in a lot of ways. And so I think they came back and hit a stride pretty well again. But it is, I I agree though, it does kind of let go of some of those punk rock roots and kind of goes more in a indie rock direction in a lot of ways. It's a lot catchier, I felt like. I felt like the, the songs, I think there's some catchiness on one beat and that's really the most, I would say, catchy in terms of things. Um, but I think that overall, No Cities Love is probably their first foray into maybe what would become a poppier sound for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, potentially. I think uh, this album's interesting because I think it kind of really pushes back to the middle three sure. in this one. And But it's like, how do I take, you know, we pioneered a sound in our early career. All right. Now, Tyler, of course, being the fourth member of Slater Canning. Now, 10 years later, how do we come back, make an album that embodies the sound of the sound we made 10 years later? Because indie, like their influence on indie is huge. Sure. So in 05, you said we're done. From 10 years on, from, you know, from that time for, till 10 years from then, 2015, mm-hmm. people have been making changes to your sound to make it their sound. Right. People have taken that and adjusted it. And indie has changed. The indie sound that you created, not just you, but you know, you had a pivotal part, sure. has changed, and now you have to come back and make an album in that time. Right. And I think they did a great job doing so because it is a, it is a good album. And I think people looked at it, you know, 10 years later, what can they do? Is it going to work, this or that, whatever. And I think, you know, you notice your user score is slightly lower than the rest of them here. Right. But it's like, Slightly. Critics don't think so. Right. Because it's not. It's good. It's really a good album. They tone back a little bit. They round their sound out some from the woods. And they make it a little bit less harsh. And they bring the vocals in and have a few more things going on in there in terms of the hookiness in the lyrics and the vocal delivery. Jared, did you have a song off of No Cities of Love that you particularly enjoyed? I do. I have have one. It's Hey Darling. Hey Darling it is. I have, a, I have a little bit before we play it of a of a that sounds familiar. I thought that it sounded like something when I first heard it, and then I could not find it. I it did not come to my mind, and then I looked on YouTube and somebody had commented the thing that they thought it was. So I'll go ahead and play it, and then after this, we'll play the song that I think it sounds like, and then we'll just move on. So I, within the lyrics uh, of uh, well, looking up the song on YouTube, they they said the lyric to the song that we're about to play, which is "Kiss Me Deadly" by Lita Ford, and uh, so they, yeah, so they put the lyrics, to the main lyrics, the beginning lyrics to the song on YouTube, and I was like, that is what it sounds like. So here you go. It's not a, it's not even a ripoff or anything like that. It's just. 
it it, it sounds an, it, familiar. Yeah, there you go. Rest in peace, Dax. That's the thing. Similarish. Similarish. I like that song too. I mean, I'm not just playing it for the sake of the bit. And it probably but I, it stood, stood out. Because out. Yeah, because I was like, what like, I know is this. this? And I had to go back. I listened to it a second time and I couldn't find it. Right. And then I had to search for it on YouTube because I was like, I know there's someone out there. Yeah. And Tyler looked up some articles and he yeah. found it as well. So it is like, it's one of those things where. I mean, we've been doing this for months now. Almost, almost 11, a year. Almost a year, 11 months. And so when you're doing this, we, I mean, I feel like, I mean, we'll get into it when we get to the year end. But yeah. I feel like I'm expanding my mind when it comes to music. And I'm looking, I'm, I'm, all, I'm looking for things. And I hope our listeners are too. Absolutely. But I'm looking for things that, that are that way. I'm looking for influence. Mm-hmm. And people that are like associated with things, like, oh, okay, right. that's this vocalist, that's this musician, whatever it is. Right. And so, like, and especially with the, my other song, where I'm like, I can still get excited when I hear horn, you know? Right. Like, and I was just going to say, something like, that's different that than I'm, what I'm looking for. Right. In a song, I'm like, this is not what I've been listening to the last four albums. Right. You know, like something is new. Yes. And it's something that I want to hear, you know? So like even with a group that I'm not like pumped about listening to or whatever it is, I can still find enjoyment out of this process. Right. And I I certainly think that if it had not been for our expanding of our mind, I would have never landed that it sounded kind of like the clash, which then have would have noted me that Weiss and probably the whole group were influenced by the clash. Yep. Cause like, we've already listened to, you know, like exactly where they're, yeah. <laughs> they're a band we've listened right. to. We have, we have dug in and we figured these things out. Listen, listeners, we're so- doing things. We're having self realization on air in your ears right now because we've like we kind of started with the most influential people right bowie beetle stones dylan stuff like clash and now we're expanding into other things like things that we've liked tyler likes this group i like paramore caleb likes a a weird uh harpist you know (laughs) we all like things yes good description <laughs> I really, I like, I liked it. I'm, I'm not trying to. Yeah, you know, I know. I know but, you like you want to do some. Um, so it's like we're, we're. I like that we are. We went from the beginning of of popular yeah. American music. Yes. And then we're now to this point, and we're gonna get back to other things as well. We haven't done you know, Prince yet somehow. No. no and other, there's a lot of things that we really need to do, and but it, but we can't just do. Old stuff. We have right. to kind of stay right. modern. That's why I picked Menzingers. Which, right. you know, but it's uh, so. it's nice to see. It's nice to be able to pull out. Oh, well, I can see where they they were. It I, is. You know, I can see where London Calling is like all about this album. Is like it's like a whole remake. It's like an entire remake of sound for one album or something of that nature. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Where you can really see what people's influences are. Mm-hmm. Me personally, right now, it's fun. I, I'm doing that on a tonal level. I'm listening to people's guitars right now too, and in my personal attempt to be like, I know what effect they used on that right there, you know. And yeah. it's really interesting to get to that level 
of a song or of a someone's guitar playing or whatever where you can like pick out little bits that are like well i can you know i know where this came from so it is fun and exciting and it's mine i think is because it sounds like we all have our own mine is learning where the production changes yeah and i think that i find that interesting so like you could talk about like with slater kenny i could tell that when they hit dig me out they switch labels and so i looked it up and their first two albums were on a really small label yep and then they they switched over to a new label on Dig Me Out. They were on that for four albums. And then you can hear that they switched to Sub Pop on the woods. Right. And you can hear they've stayed on Sub Pop for the rest of their albums because their production quality has immensely changed while they've been on Sub Pop, a major label. Yeah, it, it's a lot different. Yeah, it's weird. The little things that you can find from listening to different things or just it's it, your brain will pick it up over time. Right. You know, you can start figuring out over time that something's not quite the same. Something's a little bit different on this than it was before. We're all And learners. I wonder what it is. So, yeah, yeah, it's true. So it's worth, uh, since I mentioned the production, it's worth talking about The Center Won't Hold at this point. The most produced, of course, Slater King album. And the newest album. album. And the newest came album out that came out year. this year, right. thank yep. you, was produced in in the hands of St. Vincent. Yep. Andy uh, Clark. Our, art pop enthusiast of course and i so that wasn't my introduction to the band i had listened to dig me out prior to this but i hadn't dug into their music but i was aware of what the sound was i had listened to tracks so on and so forth so i was aware of it and the center won't hold is a jarring album to listen to in my opinion it's definitely different I had not, this is the first time I listened to it. I was waiting to buy it to listen to it. And I didn't, of course, because we listened this week. Right. But I was at Beerkiss earlier this week, a brewery near my home. And nice I, to, I told Ryan, the bartender, that we were doing Slater Kenny this week. That, you know, hey, we do this podcast. You know, we've been doing Women's Month this month, but we're doing Slater Kenny this week. He said, Did you listen to that new album? I said, No, not yet. And he goes, Man. It's just like a St. Vincent album where Corinne's singing over it. Right. And I'm like, oh, no. And if he hadn't, I would have, I probably would have come to that conclusion anyway, but I wouldn't have had it been so blatantly in my face the entire time I'm listening to it if he hadn't told me. But it really, right. it it's not totally full out a St. Vincent album, but it's so very close. And I And it's what's weird about it with what you brought up is, the production of it is what I could tell makes it a St. Vincent album. Absolutely. It's just as much as the instrumentals in it. And I'm just like, whoa. This does sound like it was produced like a St. Vincent album. Let's, so. let's play a song off of it just to give people a, a concept. You've uh, Anybody who's been listening to the podcast up to this point, hello, you're still here. You have heard quite a bit in terms of like a punk indie rock sound, and this is what the center won't hold, which is very different. I'm going to play Restless as long as you guys don't care. If it's a different, you have one that care. stood out in mind. No, and in fact, I recommend not playing, not playing "Hurry On Home" the single because it's the most different on the entire album to me. It stands agree. out as a totally different song by yeah. comparison. So I'm going to play "Can I Go On." There's that Saint Vincent sound.
it's just like it's like eighties. I, I liked it. It was. It's, I don't yeah, think it's bad. But. It's like a good like pop rock album. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like Hiem. It's like you know what we have right now yeah. in, in that genre. What it reminds me of is. Do you all listen to Mass Seduction? Have you heard Pills? Yeah. Have you heard Pills? Pills? You know Pills? Yeah. Pills? You've heard Pills? It. Sorry, I'm making you know where the gu- Wonder Show is. You know where the guitar lick, <laughs> where the guitar lick in Pills comes in? Yeah. It's like every time the guitar lick comes in, that's every song on here. Yeah, it makes sense. That's the way it seems, kind of. You know, the back is a little bit harsher, but it sounds like it could be, you know, replace all of the synths in Mass Seduction with bass and guitar and then put little guitar parts on it when we're pretty close to it but the thing is is that and i i completely see jared your perspective because you weren't really sold on the punk rock indie rock sound to begin with so if it's a case that you get something different and it's something more up your alley then like of course you're gonna like it you're not like a because when it comes down to it let's be real tyler is a purist when it comes to music and when he hears something that doesn't sound like what he expects it to he's like no 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 that's not my slater kenny who says that tyler does tyler does oh, okay never that's Not true. once. That's true. So, but with did you, you just steal the words as I was about to say right out of my mouth? I think I did. Oh so with you, obviously, this is not something that you necessarily are like Slater Kenny has to sound like this yeah. punk rock. Well, sound. It, uh, honestly, like once I got to the last two albums, it, I I just kind of thought finally something that I can like sure. be interested in. Sure. Not that I mean, like, not to you know, I'm not trying to be mean here, but. It was just not for me the first few, but right. the last two at least it was something. Um, different and I, I guess unique and interesting to me or whatever. But right. I mean, it was nine albums and really, and I will, I will, I will say that I understand for sure. The first five albums are fairly similar. I think that the first two are very different because there's a lower production value and it's a lot more raw. I think dig me out. I, I, I see the I see the intricacies, of course. And she's not trying. They're Go not read my reviews, and you tell me if I didn't already I just see would, Master Crack I just would Check to- them out. I would just totally disagree with you, but, but that's okay. That's fair. But at least, like on the on especially the album that just came out, the 2019 release that we were just talking about. Right. They're the like vocally, they're trying to sound good. Yeah. Like they're singing, like, and you said she has a good voice. And Tucker's you doing something different there. You yeah, wouldn't know that for you, the first release. You, you can't. Yeah, you. It doesn't matter though. That's what. I, that's my whole point of my discussion earlier. Of she's a good singer because she knows how to use her voice to match what she's trying to do. But and the music. But you, you can't can see sh- you in can't, this album that she is a good singer. Sure, just for the right that she's a good singer. But you can't shriek over this pop music. You could try. It ain't gonna go. You could try. You could try. It ain't gonna go. Other people I mean, it shriek doesn't, over pop. It doesn't. Music. All right, go. Name people that shriek over pop music. Kesha. Uh, okay. <laughs> if I would have been more prepared, I probably could have come up with a few. Well, people if so shriek. many people do it, you should know some of them. Oh, don't get combative. Oh, this is not combat rock over here. Anyway, Nobody. my point is, is it doesn't like it doesn't that doesn't matter. I mean, there's artistic integrity to all of this. I'm not saying I don't dislike this B- album. Bjork, Bjork shrieks. Bjork does shriek. Okay, sure, but Bjork, Bjork has like a, a whole, shirt. Bjork has, yeah, she it's has a whole wall of sound back there. So quiet. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite songs. Everybody. Okay. Yeah, no longer having serious conversations with Jared. We are being. <laughs> He's serious. got that ADHD, and he cannot stop thinking about other things in the middle of it. <laughs> what? I don't have anything. Anyway, I can't win. 
<laughs> Listen, if you're going to have an argument with somebody, if you know you can't win, then you don't even go anymore. That's you just talk about Bjork. You it's not an argument. It's a discussion, Jared. There's uh, no winners and losers. Okay. Unless it's me and you, and in this case, I'm winning. Okay. Oh, my God. That's fair. <laughs> not in every case, but... I thought I think this is an I don't think this is a bad album. I think it's fine, but it just doesn't. It certainly doesn't do it for me the way the rest of them did. Sure. I mean, even No Cities to Love embodies a lot of their old guitar v guitar. Mm-hmm. Let's have multiple melodies. Let's do some interesting things. You know, type stuff. I think that my biggest thing for the center won't hold is that it's not necessarily that the sound in general is bad. It's just that I think that it's two artists who are in unfamiliar terrain and they are making music that is not their typical type of music. And therefore, it's not that it sounds inherently bad because obviously the production is wonderful because St. Vincent is on production. But they as songwriters and they as singers and they as performers are not art pop artists. So the music that they're making That's is true. not within their no. their wheelhouse. The, I'm not saying again that it can't be enjoyed or it can't be good, but it's not what they're made to do well, at sure, this point in their career. Sure. I'm, the, I'm not sure. Yeah. This isn't what they do, which yeah. is fine. I don't think it matters because I think that the translation that has been made is, you know, for the most part, okay. I don't know what their, I don't know what their goal was. What I do know is, and by the way, all three of them were on this record. Janet was Janet recorded and wrote for this record. So all three of them were on it. She didn't leave. Sit on hold? Yeah. Really? I thought she left in the... Not until after its release. Oh, I mixed that up. Okay. Yeah, she didn't leave until after its release. She was on this album, but this album was made way differently. For every album up to this, they wrote in person. The three of them came together, wrote in person, collaborated, did their thing, created songs. Everyone was important. Everyone kind of did a thing where, you know, you all have your part. You're here together. You're doing it. Yeah. This one, they all kind of wrote, and there may have been some points where that happened, but a lot of it was Carrie and Corinne maybe thinking of something, and then they would everyone would kind of record bits separately in the garage band and stuff. Huh. And it was that. very remote. The recording and writing process was very remote. Well, I imagine that has to do, too, with, I mean... When it comes down to it, we haven't talked about it very much, but uh, Brownstein's very busy oh, yeah. outside Uh-oh. of Well, they all Slater are, though. Kenny. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah absolutely. I mean, but I was more translating that into the opportunity to talk a little bit about Portlandia. That's but, okay, because Janet's part of Portlandia, too. Is put a, Janet? Put a bird on it. Put a bird on it, yep. indeed. Is she, like, is she, like, in skits? Her current job at the moment, outside of music, her, her job she also does is a... Uh, is a location scout for Hollywood for, for TV shows and films, oh. which she started because what happened was as Carrie began Portlandia in the summers, they couldn't tour. Mm-hmm. So she needed another way to make money. And she told Carrie, Hey, find someone on your show to give me a job. And the director's like, okay, well, you know, you'd probably be good at locations or art, the art department. Yeah. And so she was a location scout for Portlandia. Huh. I did not know that. That's an interesting yep. tidbit. And so she's now, you know, continues to do, I wish I knew, I mean, I know some things about, I know stuff about Carrie. I know less about Corinne, you know, but I just sure. listened to, of course, a really like an hour and a half, almost two hour interview with Janet. So I have all this information about Janet, which is nice, but. Right. But yeah, that's what she does. And she, she was on that show as well, really, as a crew member. Carrie called her relationship with Fred Armisen. One of the most intimate, mm-hmm. functional, romantic, but non-sexual relationships they have ever had. Yep. I read that and yep. I was like, "Is Armisen married? Like, are they?" Is he was. They, he's not anymore. 
No, I think that he just got remarried again recently. Oh, did he recently? I'm pretty sure. I don't remember what year it was. And Fred Armisen called it all of the things that I've ever wanted, but or all of the things I've ever wanted, you know, aside from like the physical stuff. But the intimacy that I have with her is like no other. Yep. Yeah, they have an interesting relationship, obviously. And they click like crazy well on Portlandia. It's and so who would have like weird. thought that she would have done so like not to dismiss her, but sure. like as a rock musician, mm-hmm. for her to be to do so well on that show, like comedically mm-hmm. and acting, she's hilarious. Yeah, and she's a good actress as well. Absolutely. So, yes. and like I'm sure she contributes to the writing of that show. Yeah. Well, it's just it no longer on television, but ended in September 2018. I think something was like that. Yeah. So I mean, but it lasted a long time. It lasted throughout the majority of the uh, hiatus that the band had. Yes. Correct. Yes, it did. I probably have seen seasons one through three 30 times. Wow. I've watched the first couple seasons multiple times, yeah. too. I have many scenes that I remember. Oh, I know a million like of them. They're in my head. I really like the scene where he's the little guy. I'm got, the little guy. I got little arms. I got little legs. I'm just a little guy. I'm a little guy. I'm just a little guy. I got little shoes. Yeah. Yeah. They're all good. They're all pretty good. It's a good show. If you if you like, like Slater, go watch I Portlandia. I do also like the one where they're doing the adult hide and seek league. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that and one she too. Goes, do you do you have a girlfriend? Well, not right now. Are you? In, there's some girls in this team. Are you interested in any of them? Well, secretly, but I don't want her to know. <laughs> secretly, but you don't want her to know. Okay. <laughs> also, uh, just to keep things musical here. Washed Out does the, yeah, the, the intro. The intro. Well, to they Portlandia. used a Washed Out song for the intro. Correct. It is such a good yeah. intro it's to off a the, show. The Life of Leisure EP. Yes, it's it not is. even a full length. It's a really great EP, though. It's a, And that's a, a good song. That was actually how I found Portlandia is because I found that Washed Out sound. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, man, that's a good song. And then I found it was on Portlandia. I was like, I'm going to yeah. watch some Portlandia. Well, and then I looked, fellow, fellow sub pop. You know, label mates. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're on oh, sub-pop. Speaking of sub-pop, since we're on this kind of weird realm, one of you talk about Bob's Burgers. I can discuss if you want to. So, Did me, you see it, Jared, about Bob's Burgers? For No Cities to Love, that was the only album to be released other than the current one during the Bob's Burgers era. Yeah. Uh, a New Wave, which is my favorite song on that album. They did a Bob's Burgers music video. Yeah. Where it starts out with... <laughs> With Bob's Burgers characters, and then they come in and they're playing, and it's just a mashup of all of it. But it's Bob's Burgers animation style, so they've been turned into Bob's Burgers characters. They have indeed. And I own the Bob's Burgers vinyl that Sub Pop put yeah. out that has all of the songs on it. That was an expensive boy, but a worthwhile boy. Yep. Definitely. Very cool. So, yeah. Do we have any other songs that we have not played at this point that you would want to play? They did a cover of uh boston more than a feeling on you, you have to find it on youtube go ahead and Sorry. finish your thought i don't have a thought i just was telling you, you said they, they did. did a cover of more than a feeling on oh i don't even know what it's from but oh, really? actually they have a few songs we don't have to play any of them but I, I there's a few songs that i found interesting they have a song called here we come which was uh, a song written for planned parenthood yes they have a song the called benefits for the sales of that song went to Planned Parenthood. Yes. They have a song called I Want to Be Your Joey Ramone. Yeah, pretty cool song, right? Yeah, no. pretty good song. I hate that song. I figured you might not like it. It's uh, kind of a weird it's kind of a bit of a weird thing to that it. Shri- the shrill woo thing that they do in that song, it 
pissed me off when I was listening <laughs> to it. I was like, I don't like this. That's and they funny. also did a cover of The Angry Inch from Hedwig and the Angry Inch featuring oh. members of the B-52s. Interesting. And R.E.M. So that's it. But, and then this is a song, uh, as I stated previously, Boston, More Than a Feeling by Sleater Kenny. Way better than the original. Interesting indeed. I love that. It's very good. Yep. Yeah. Worth good. it. Worth good. it. Way good, Jared. Thank you. So what, um, are, what are our closing thoughts on old Slater Kenny? Well, I wanted to talk briefly about their live album because I only have one. Oh, okay, sure. And when it came out, I bought it, and it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Live in Paris. Phenomenal, phenomenal album. They cover, it's on the No Cities of Love tour, so they cover, you know, one-third No Cities of Love. They cover The Woods. They cover Dig Me Out. They cover... Uh, one beat mm-hmm. the song O off one beat which i think is pretty close to my favorite on that album is on there really great definitely check it out because you can hear modern girl it's the they close they end with modern girl big surprise way better recording of modern girl than on imagine. the woods so give it a go it's really good live jared any closing thoughts on slater kenny no not cool. really i mean i everything I i've already said on the show yeah i don't really i mean there's nothing i've said I've, ex, you know, I've said everything. Right. I'm sorry. So listening to this interview is really interesting because uh, Janet was talking about how they're, they're, they're all like a family mm-hmm. and they all have these inner workings. And she mentioned in that interview that, you know, he, he, he was asking, of course you're, this is, are you sad? Like it did, it was easy to make this decision type situation. She said she thought about it forever, you know, and it's really difficult. And she said that she'll never play with two people like that ever again. Right, that are that good and that are are that in tune, and and you know she'll never be in a situation like this ever again, and that's really interesting because I'm Slater Kenny is so very pivotal to certain things, the inner workings of like indie music at that time, yeah, and coming out of Riot Girl and carrying on with a message into the late '90s and early 2000s, and the way that they interact and the way they write songs and the way that they're combative in their playing styles, and I'm not I'm not convinced that we'll ever see anything like that ever again that fits right into the exact same place so i think that their influence is just really phenomenally huge on indie music understated in a lot of ways yeah most definitely so. and they're just great great band i'm happy i'm glad that you're happy i'm happy are you happier than the pixies Oh, way happier than pixies <laughs> they... way happier. so how do we feel about women's month guys do we enjoy it? Do we like it? What do we think about just women artists in general? How do we feel about covering them? They are women. Okay. I I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought that everybody had pretty decent picks. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I mean, obviously I like my own pick, but like sure. listening to yours was interesting. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed, I, I would have also picked Regina Spector, which was Co- uh, Dax's pick. Yeah. So like it's nice that, that I didn't like somebody that I wanted to listen to. I didn't have to pick two people. Like I got to pick two people that I wanted to listen to. Sure. And then I don't, um, 
I'm not opposed to or like I'm not like oh man I really like Tyler's pick sucks like sure I it it was worthwhile to listen to Slater Kenny I'd never listened to him before I like Portlandia yeah and so it was like I it was something that I knew she was in but yeah. I never had listened to it so and it wasn't like it was only five and a half hours like you said so it's not like the most time consuming thing in the world no. so to listen to somebody's discography and it's not that bad right so right Tyler Women's Month good month good picks my I mean. It was really good. Paramore was who I was least looking forward to coming into it. Paramore is perfectly fine. No issues with Paramore. Don't really like Paramore all that much, but they had some pretty interesting stuff through some of those that I thought were really good. But, you know, everyone else, great picks. Interesting different places, right? We got a little bit of something from everyone. Well, I mean, everyone's a good pick. I don't think you're... I'm not. I don't, I don't think Paramore was a I bad know. pick. Yes, I know. I'm just saying... And in fact, I mentioned Jaren that I was not wanting to listen to Paramore, and I enjoyed listening to I Paramore. I know, so I know, I remember. I know, I'm not. Saying. I just said that. I know. Yeah. My point is, obviously, there are places for women in all genres. I don't know that that's an argument that needs to be made anymore. And as, I think we'll as, find as that broadly as it used to be, because it's clear that women are doing these things. In January, but, I believe that Dax has chosen a metal band. We're doing Metal Month in the month of January. And I look forward to Dax it, has picked a band that has a female lead vocalist, if I remember correctly. Well, Baroness has a guitar player who's female. And she does uh, some backing vocals as she well. She does now. So yeah, she has since she We joined. will find that as well. And, and, I mean, we didn't have any metal, that in metal, female in metal. But there are people. I mean, and, and yeah. we'll find that and we'll probably discuss that as well. Sure. So it... it I don't think that, and it's kind of like, like to call to have Women's Month. It's like Black History Month, where Morgan Freeman has talked about, and I, you know, I don't want to yeah, get too far into it, but good. he's talked about how he doesn't like Black History Month because it's only what about all twelve months? You know, why are you singling us out for one month, right, to talk about when it should be throughout? all of history all the time talking about that you know it's 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 bringing well, it down you know well, so i think that we are justified because we did cover women we covered yeah, we have been covering a few them. on oh, I apple know, i know and I know. morgan I, freeman would be would be proud of us and i'm glad but we didn't but we my also, thought is is that my thought that is is that until we get to a point where we can see clearly that women can be within any genre then we should have a women's month sure. where we we make sure to make a point. Listen, this is important to talk about. Women are just as important. Yeah, but to we, talk about in music. But we also didn't do it, you know, for the sake of it, for equality. We'll do a women's month. Yeah, we did yeah, it because yeah. it's a limiting factor that made us choose really interesting people. Well, we realized that really the end, towards towards the end of the year that we hadn't really picked very many. We had Birk, right. we had Fiona Apple, yeah. and that's basically it. Correct. If I can remember correctly, that's, that, that is, is basically that is it. it. So and, then we were like, well, let's do four. And right. I think we could do four and eight and 12. You know, like we could well, sure, have absolutely. probably done half of Most the year. Of I, was at, I, was, I could yeah. think of half of the year of people that I would want to do. Right. I know? was just going right. to say, what would be another one that you would like? What would be another pick if we did another Women's Month? E easily. I would like to do Kate Nash. Sure. You know, that would be somebody I like. PJ Harvey would be interesting. I would love to do PJ Harvey. I would also love to do Kate Bush. Yeah, mm -hmm. Kate Bush would be good. Well, uh, you could do Courtney Barnett if you want to. She doesn't have that many I would albums, love but you could do Courtney, do Courtney Barnett. Barnett. She's wonderful. You know, but I, what I think was interesting about this month is, and I'm not trying to single you out, Jared, but besides your pick, all, the three of our picks were all only women. Right. Only women. Paramore and obviously has had male sure. members, and, but and, is fronted by well, a female. One one half of Paramore is her. 
Yeah. The other half was the previous guitarist, really. And now that he's gone, she has probably most of the creative portions of Paramore are probably her than any, more than anyone else. So it's not, you know, it's not dramatically different. But, yeah. you know, we chose all women, Fiona or Fiona Apple, Regina Spector and, and Joanna Newsom and Slater Kenny are all women right. on their own, writing on their own, doing their thing on their own, pulling from their own experiences and creating and doing something different and making their own way. And that's just, and that's cool. And I love Regina Spector, so whatever. But <laughs> you're always gonna get flustered again. But uh, oh, another one is Saint Vincent, which yeah, we talked right, about. Tonight. Which I would love to do. Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent is another one who has yeah. a, a, a slew of albums that are worth looking into. Right. I'd so, like to do uh, Lily Allen at some point as well. There you I, go. I really yeah, like her yep. too. We but, also could do some women in hip hop because that is oh, also oh, a, sure. a realm that's worth talking Missy about. Missy Misdemeanor. I figured you would mention yep. Missy Elliott for sure. So like, I mean, there's. There's a ton of things I would I would love to do. Um, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Yeah, I was gonna. I was wondering if we'd bring up Lauren Hill, and I'd we could also do Fuji's and do her solo. You know, single, basically single solo release. How we could. Sorts, we, but we listened to a Janet Jackson album for Michael Jackson week. We could right. do a Janet Jackson right. week pretty easily. I yeah. think. Oh, we could do a Janet week if we wanted to. I mean, we got, we we got a lot to. to do. We got a lot to do. So, Dale, but listen, Taylor Swift. Listen, so many women. I think the month. Listen, I think the month went well though. Yes. And it was worthwhile. Listeners, we've got a lot more to cover. If you're still listening this deep into the episode, get excited because we've got more to talk about. Yeah. It's stuff, got a lot more bands. It's, we're, we're coming to the end of the year. We've still got more to do. We're sure as hell not coming to the end of the episode. So we no. won't shut the <laughs> hell up. <laughs> All right. Let's close out. I'm glad we closed that Women's Month with uh, the best one. What? You would sneak that in. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Record Roundtable. Next week's going to be our last regular episode of the year. We're talking about Jackson C. Frank. Wow. Wow. See you next week. Bye.